And today, you guys, we are concluding our Be Ridge series. It has been such an incredible series. And today, Pastor Chuck is all talking about having to have a rich life by using God's principles, managing our money, managing our other resources. So I cannot wait to hear everything that he has to say. Also, later on in the service, we'll be giving away 50% of our offering. So whatever you give today, 50% of that is going to be given to our community to bless Corona. And I cannot wait to see what God does with that. That's right. It's going to be so incredible. I love that our church is doing this and I can't wait to hear Pastor Chuck lead us through it. So Crossroads right now, will you help me welcome our senior pastor, Chuck Boer? All right. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to everybody in the building. Welcome to everybody online and on the patio. And uh, I love we get to be together. Uh, let's pray and we'll get ready to dive in. Father, I know you love us. I know you love us. And I know that you've called us to live an incredible life. Uh, one that would be different than we would probably choose at times and yet always better. Sometimes it's difficult and hard and we're not shielded from pain and heartbreak. But, Lord, you're always good. God, you're so good. And you're a God who blesses. And whenever we get blessed by you, I know this very truly in my life, then I and all of us are blessed to be a blessing. And I pray we would understand that's where the joy is found. And partnering with you and living with you and experiencing you that way. In Jesus' name, amen. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said these words. He said, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, Jesus said, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Did you know that's what Jesus wants for you? Did you know that's what he has in store for you? Not just a life, a rich and satisfying life, an abundant life, living with a capital L and maybe living with a capital L-I-F-E. And so many people are not even close to experiencing all that Jesus has for them. Millard Fuller had made more money than he ever thought he would make by age 29. He was way over a self-made millionaire. And he was in one of the nicest suites in Manhattan on the highest floor looking over the incredible skyline. He had more money than he ever thought he'd have and yet he could not have been more miserable. His marriage was over. His health was horrible. He felt like nothing he did mattered. He wasn't sure why he'd even want to go on living, although he wasn't thinking of suicide in that moment. And he walked across the room after looking out on that skyline and opened up a, a drawer, a bureau drawer, and inside it was a Gideon Bible. And he took it out and he began to read the words of Jesus. And as he read the words of Jesus, he discovered life. He felt something stirring inside him. And so he got on his knees. He knew enough to do that. And he prayed and committed his life to Christ. And he said, Lord, I am yours, no holding back. And uh, he called his wife, Linda, and, and he said to her, honey, I, I, I don't expect you to forgive me. I don't expect you to do this with me, but I want you to know something. Tonight, I committed my life to Jesus. Uh, it would not be very long after that, he would let her know this. He would say, you know what, all the money that belongs to you is yours, but the Lord's calling for me to give all of mine away. 
And she said, well, then you come talk to me. You hold on. And he went and met with her, and she committed her life to Christ, and she said, let's do it together. They gave away everything. Now, I don't mean some things. They sold every house they owned, every possession they had, and they gave all of it away because they believed Jesus was calling them to do that. And then they joined with a group of on-fire, sold-out believers that lived in Tennessee. And there they began to grow in the Lord. But they said this, we'd never been happier in all our lives. They fell in love with God. They fell in love with each other. And then God put it on their heart to go to Zaire. So they go to Africa, and while they're in Africa, uh, they begin to see an opportunity to get people who are in extreme poverty actually be able to move to a place that could be their own home. So they help people learn how to actually, in Africa, get a home that was theirs. And then Millard uh, told her one night, he said, I think God wants us to do that in the United States. And she said, is that even possible in the United States? He said, I think God showed us enough that it is. And they came back to the United States, and they founded an organization called Habitat for Humanity. Now, I want you to think about that. Uh, by the way, uh, since the founding of Habitat for Humanity, uh, up until 2019, 29 million people were given homes that were completely theirs and nice and could be their own home. In fiscal 2019, it went to a higher level when they helped 7 million people in the United States get their own home. And they helped another 2.9 million be able to improve their living conditions to where it was quality. They gave it all to God. And God gave them even more. Thousands of years before that, there's a young guy who's got more money than he knows what to do with. He's incredibly wealthy and everybody knows who he is. And he sees Jesus, and Jesus is just getting ready to go on a journey, just getting ready to take a trip. And he runs up to Jesus, and, and most of you know the story, but don't miss what happens. It says in Mark chapter 10, and it's important to know that I'm reading to you out of the Gospel of Mark. Now, why is that? This is Peter's account of what happened. And I'm going to remind you of that again, because it's very important. So according to Peter, telling Mark what happened, it's this. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, <coughs> what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And this young rich guy said to Jesus, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. And I don't want you to miss this part. Look, look at this. Looking at him. Jesus felt a love for him. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him. And said, one thing you lack, go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But at these words, he was saddened and he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. And Jesus looking around said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who are wealthy to enter in the kingdom of God. I don't want you to miss that. See, it's so intriguing to me that Millard and Linda Fuller gave everything away. They gave all, and they got far more. 
They gave everything away and millions of people's lives were transformed and made better. And this young guy gave nothing. And what did he get? He got what? Nothing. He gave nothing and got nothing. And as far as we know, not one person's life was made better because of him. I I think you can't miss that. You can't miss what's happening here. But what I don't want you to miss is this. Why did Jesus call for him to do that? It's because Jesus felt what? I want to have you tell me. What did Jesus feel for this young guy? Love. Love. You know why that's so important? Only Peter tells us that. Matthew doesn't tell us that. John doesn't tell us that. Uh, Luke doesn't tell us that. It's really interesting that Mark, which is the the story of how, how Peter experienced Jesus, that he brings that out. For some reason, it's so important for you, but it was so important to Peter and to Mark for you and I to know that Jesus only said this because he loved him. By the way, let me ask you, because most of you already know the answer, does Jesus love you? I mean, so when he calls for you to do something, when he moves in your heart, it's because he feels such a great love for you. Now, it's interesting that this young guy was called to give everything. Millard Fuller and Linda Fuller felt they were called to give everything. And, and I want you to know that while you and I are called to give everything of who we are and all we have to Jesus, Jesus never tells everybody to give everything. He's very individualized in the calling. He's very unique in what he wants you to experience and do. For instance, the rich young ruler was called to give everything. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, which, by the way, was not an honorable profession and looked down on by many. But don't miss this. It was sought after. It was hard to get that job. Why? Because it gave you a a power beyond anything you can imagine. You could put someone in jail in a moment, seize their property just on your word, and you you made an incredible amount of money. You were set for life if you were a tax collector. And Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, committed his life to Christ, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit moved in such a way that his calling was to give back four times what he had taken. Not to give everything, but we know that Zacchaeus did, and many other people's lives were changed, and his life was transformed. Peter, Andrew, James, and John had to leave their business, but Peter kept his house and still had access to his business. By the way, Peter's house was one of the nicest houses in a city named Capernaum, but yet he was completely committed to the Lord. Matthew, the tax collector, also had to leave his job. In his case, he had to walk away from everything and and all he had ever known to follow Jesus. And Paul, Paul the apostle, had to give up everyone and everything that he had ever loved up to that point. Just give it all away. Now, Now, what am I trying to say to you? That not everybody is called to give up everything, but... Everyone is called to be generous and give. See, I don't want you to miss that. So while you may not be called to give up everything, you're called to give something. And you're called to give in a way that the Lord would move in your heart. So every one of us share in that. As a matter of fact, it couldn't be clear. Uh, Paul, in talking about what Jesus taught him, said this in Acts 20, verse 35. He goes, in everything, I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak. Everybody's to help the weak. 
And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Now, you already know that, and I talk about it all the time. And uh, if you're brand new and you say, Chuck, why do you talk about it all the time? I think it's because before I met Jesus, I was very selfish and self-centered. I know none of you are. Do you know how much I gave to help other people before I was a Christian? Nothing. Then after I was a Christian, do you know how much I initially gave? Nothing. But there was a problem with that. Number one, the Holy Spirit wasn't happy with me. And then number two, I married this woman who was not that way at all. And she wasn't happy with me. Because Pam's a giver. And the best life I could ever live was found in giving my life to Christ and giving to others. I found those words I tell you to be so true that I am blessed by God. But if I am blessed by God, I'm blessed to what? And if you're blessed by God, what are you supposed to be? You're blessed to be a blessing. And it puts you in a cycle of blessing. And Jesus said to all of us, every one of us, it is more blessed to give than receive. And so the Lord wants you to be someone who blesses God and blesses others. And when you live that life, it's a life that's incredible. So I don't want you to miss that, that while you're not maybe called to give everything, maybe you are, I don't know what God's going to call you to do, but I can promise you this, you're all called, we are all called to give to be generous, uh, to be that way. And God's great desires that you and I would experience that. So why? That's how you live that rich and abundant life that Jesus calls you to, that rich and satisfying life that he wants you to have. So when we do what Jesus says, we're gonna have something really powerful. It's called treasure in heaven. See, I hope you have treasure in heaven. I hope you do good investments on earth, by the way. But let me just say this. The earth's going to burn up and it's all gone one day. What's in heaven matters. And the Lord wants you to be that way. So let me ask you a question. Are you more like Millard and Linda Fuller or more like the rich young ruler? Are, are you someone who has possessions on this earth? Or are you someone who for sure has treasure in heaven? That's what I want to ask you to think about. And listen to how Jesus himself words this in Matthew 6, verse 19. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But, but do something different. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus gave the rich young ruler an opportunity to invest in the eternal, and he didn't take it. Millard and Linda, by the way, are in heaven today. What do you think it was like when the Lord looked at them? And do you think God said, well done, good and faithful servant to them? Oh, I, I think so. But their marriage turned out to be amazing. The amount of people's lives they affected were amazing. And, and they, they gave people something they never would have had because they were willing to give. And, and I, I look and think, let's make sure you and I are investing in what matters and doing that in a way that makes a very real difference. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. I want you to look at the opening words of that. It says, instruct those who are rich in the present world. Now, I'm going to stop there, and then I'm going to read this. But let me just tell you what we're about to do. I'm going to ask you to test me as your pastor. 
So this isn't about you necessarily right now, although it's going to apply to you. But I want all of you here and online to put me to the test. How good am I at being your pastor? How, how effective am I at following what I'm told to do here? Because the Lord is telling Paul to tell Timothy, a pastor, and therefore all pastors, how we're supposed to teach God's word. That part of our teaching, a big part of our teaching should be this. So instruct those who are rich in the present world. Now, before you tune out and go, well, that's not me, he's talking to Jeff Be- Bezos, who like take rocket trips on the weekend for fun. He's talking to Bill Gates. He's talking to Warren Buffett. I know he's talking to Oprah. <laughs> Yet you already know this. Are you ready? Because you know it's true. That if you have food on the table and a roof over your head, you're richer than 75% of the people in the world. You know that, right? You might say, well, I'm not as rich as Bill Gates. That's not the question. The question is, are you rich in this present world? If you have food and a place uh, to stay tonight, guess what? You're richer than 75% of the people in the world. If you drive a car, you're, you're richer than 84% of people in the world. So who am I supposed to be talking to? I'm talking to anybody who drives a car, or has food on the table and a place to sleep tonight. You're you're rich. You're rich in this present world. So what does he say to do in verse 17? Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good. And to be rich in good works and to be generous and ready to share. Storing up for themselves uh, the treasure of a good foundation for the future. So that they themselves may take hold of that which is life indeed. Why do I teach on this? Well, let me tell you because I need to hear it. Why do I teach on this? Because you need to hear it. Why do I more than those two reasons teach on this? Because God told me to do it. Now, how good a pastor am I? Let's put me to the test. Do I teach you? Do I teach you to do good things? Okay, if I don't, then I'm not a good pastor. Do I teach you to be rich in good works? And if I don't, I'm not a good pastor. Do I teach you to be generous and to share and to be ready to share? If not, I'm not a good pastor. By the way, if you ever go to a church that doesn't teach you to be generous, let me be as clear as I can. You're not in a a church that Jesus is going to honor. Now, let me say this to all the pastors out there. Or the ones who want to be pastors. Will people like it when you teach them to be generous? What's the answer? No. No. That's why these sermons are so fun. <laughs> By the way, the majority of my church does. This, you know what? This is a generous church. You're a generous people. You really are. When I tell you, hey, we're going to talk about money, I, you know what Crossroads typically does is cheer. By the way, When I say we're going to give away 50% of our offering, how does that make you feel? Yeah. Now, some of you are going, well, I wrote a mean email. Yeah, a few of you did. There's an old saying that when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, how do you know which one you hit? The one that barks the loudest. So when I get those emails, I'm like, ooh, you're barking pretty loud, buddy. And, and you know what? You're, you're where I was, and, and I don't want you to stay there. I don't judge them. I pray for them. I don't want you to stay there. I don't want that to be you. I want you to be someone who says, I'm really a disciple. I'm really committed. 
I really have Jesus as Lord. I really do what he wants me to do. And, and I want you to pass the test. So I want you to do good. I want you to be rich in good works. I, I want you to live a life where you care for and love and, and do things for others. And I want you to be generous and give. Now, how do, you, how do you do that? If you've been around here very long, you already know. Do I walk out and say, you should give blank? No. I always say, do what? Pray. And whatever God tells you to do, do it. Whatever God tells you to do, do it. And when you do, God's going to move in an incredible way. You're going to hear the voice of God. You're going to experience the Spirit of God. And you're going to have treasure in heaven. And when you listen to the Lord, it's going to change your life for the better. By the way, I, I have a friend who, years ago, this is years ago, uh, his son had uh, got a job at a startup company. And he came home and said, Dad, you know what? They're selling stock now. I think you ought to buy some. And he thought at first, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do that. And then he thought, you know what? I'll listen to him. And he said, how much is it? It was like dirt cheap. And he thought, all right, I'll buy a bunch of it. And uh, it was this little startup company called Microsoft. <laughs> I'm serious, by the way, my friend Gary. Boy, the fact he bought that, now he's a really good friend. Let me say this, Gary, my friend Gary had treasure on earth, except for life. But you already know what my friend did. He blessed so many other people. He said, if God did that for me, I'm going to do that for others. And I, 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 he lived out blessed to be a blessing, blessed to be a blessing. And uh, you and I need to, to do what Gary did. We need to do what Millard and Linda Fuller did. We need to do what the rich young ruler did not do. But Peter did, and James did, and Andrew did, and Paul did, and Zacchaeus did. We need to be that way. That's how the early church was. The early church in the first century had such a zeal for the Lord and a purity in the way that they took what Jesus said at his word and obeyed from the heart. And in Acts chapter 4, 32, listen to what it says about the early church. It says, in the congregation of those who believed were one, one heart and soul, and not one of them, don't miss this, not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all were common property to them. Let me ask you a question. Should that be true of us, our church family here, that not one of us claims anything belonging our, is our own? Does everybody agree that should be true of us? Yeah, so you know what? The house you have is on loan from the Lord. The car you drive is on loan from the Lord. By the way, all you husbands, your wife is on loan from the Lord. <laughs> husbands, you know what? You need to take care of your wife. She's God's daughter. And God's looking at you. Yeah, yeah, you need to do that. And wives, you need to treat your husband right. Yeah, some of you are going, okay, I'm glad for this part of the sermon. Go. <laughs> and everything you have, your children are gift from God your grandchildren. And you know what? Whenever I'm out and, and the Lord at times tells me, Chuck, you know, take what's, what I'm letting you have and I want you to give it to somebody else. I get that quite a bit. And I know you do too. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening? And by the way, one of the things I think that's so incredible about being in a church, one of them, not just the only, is we come together and we do more together than we can any of us do individually. Did you know that? We're not in a rich area uh, as far as the, the way the world looks at it. You know, we're richer than the rest of the world. I already told you that. But you know what? The thing that Crossroads has going for it is that we are in unity. And we come together in unity. 
and we give in unity, and we give in such a way that we change people's lives in a way that almost none of us alone here could do. And that's what God wants us to do. That's what the early church did. So in verse 33, it says, And with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Abundant grace was upon them all. For there was not a needy person among them. For all who were owners of land and houses would sell them and bring the proceeds to the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each one as any had need. So the early church was like that. The early church was for that. The early church did that. And I, I see that happen all the time. I see that happen all the time. Uh, one of my favorite stories to tell some of you have heard is when I was a next-gen pastor at Christ Church of the Valley. Uh, a high school guy in our group and his junior high sister, they let me know, hey, we don't know if we're going to be around any longer. My mom was laid off and she was barely making it and she can't afford her apartment and uh, we're not sure what we're going to do, so we may not be here next week. So I called the mom up, and I said, hey, how bad is it? She said, it's bad. She goes, my husband's never paid child support, and, and I don't know how we're going to make it. And I said, well, don't move too quick. If God's calling you to, yeah, then do that. But let, let's give you three months. Let's find a way. So I, I didn't have time to go to the rest of the church. I got up in front of a youth group. I said, you guys, I'd love for us uh, to pay for the next three months of her, her, her housing, and and, and I named Robert and his sister. I said, we want to take care of them for three months. And, and so a youth group gave, gave enough money that night to cover more than three months' rent. Yeah. Some of you know the story, though. That night, a college guy walked up to me and said, Chuck, you give her all that money, I'm going to pay her rent for the next year. And I said, dude, you're like in college. He goes, well, my dad taught me how to handle money. So I saved. I saved. Do you know what? That, that young guy today has high school age children, and he is changing so many people's lives. He still does. If I were to call him up and say, hey, I know somebody in need, he would jump right in because he's positioned himself to be a blessing to others. But do you, let me ask you a question. Do you think God keeps blessing him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what the church does. And if you think the church doesn't do it, you need to get around crossroads more. We get an opportunity to do that. Now, do we do it at the degree that we always would want to? Um, no, but most of the time we do. And in 1 John 3, it says, But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but indeed in truth. Let's do something, he said. Let's do something. And in doing something, we find God blessing in huge ways. I want you to listen uh, to this passage in Proverbs from different translations. Let me give it to you from New American Standard. It says, there is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. There is one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in want. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. Uh, listen to this in the New Living Translation. It says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. By the way, did you catch Millard and Linda Fuller? What did they do? They, they gave and became more wealthy. You might say, well, wait, they didn't have anything. Oh, they didn't, but they had everything. The rich young ruler got nothing. So give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. 
Proverbs 11 in the message says it this way. Uh, I love the way the message puts it. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped. Man, I'll tell you what. Amen to that. Amen to that. It's so true. You want your heart to overflow with joy, your life to be filled with peace. You want to know that you're making a difference. Then guess what? Bless others. And when you bless others, you're blessed to be a blessing. And get into that cycle and do it. So we as a church have always been a generous church towards others. We've helped people in Kenya. We've helped people in uh, uh, Palestine and are doing so to this day. We've helped people in Mexico. We help people in, um, uh, 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 I'm going blank, Nepal. I could go on and on and on. But our elders decided, you know what, if we're going to come and say, hey, we're going to give away 50%, we need, we need to, to, to do that because we're calling for you to be generous. I'll never forget sitting there that night talking about giving away 50% of this offering. Uh, every single elder got excited, but every single elder knew what that meant. And so what happened is we began to talk. Uh, Carrie Castle, one of our elders, said, hey, I'm so excited about this because you can't outgive God. Uh, Chris Dade, one of our elders, said, this is so big. Let's do it. Uh, Lefo and Joe, two of our elders, said, man, I love this because we're going to live out what we challenge other people to do individually. And Mike Underwood, our chairman of our elders, got so excited to get us ready to that vote. Are we going to do it? Are we going to do it? Are we? And we walked out of that room saying, this is what our church ought to do. We are in talks with 16 different organizations. And we said, you know what? Uh, just tell us about your needs during this season as we get ready to Christmas. 16 organizations that help those in need. 16 organizations that transform lives. And, and we began to ask, what are your real needs in this moment? And they, they were honest about some very real needs, and the amount of money was $200,000. I, I actually thought, well, that, that's less than I thought it would be, but this is difference-making. This would do something powerful. It would help refugees that now we know are in more need than ever here in our country. Uh, it would help women who've been abused and, and had to flee to their own safety. It would help other people find hope in different ways. It would help foster children who at age 18 are, are actually the system ends and they have nothing to help them. And, and we, we can help make a difference in every one of those cases. Uh, if we get in all 200,000, we can buy two motorcycles that would be in Nepal and they would ride those motorcycles into the most outlandish areas you can imagine where no one goes so they could share Jesus. We could do all that together. And I want you to give a taste of what it would be like. Not all 16, but just watch, watch, watch what we could do. I am comedian Nazareth, and I represent Voice of the Refugees in Orange County, California. Voice of Refugees uses God's love to help refugees uh, and asylees from Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, and other Middle Eastern countries to help uh, reestablish and assimilate in Southern California. Learning English is very huge for refugees to assimilate. So by having hybrid ESL classes, we're able to have students uh, physically there, but also online. So that allows us to double or triple our ability to teach English to refugees and asylees. 
My name is Molly Solomon and I'm here from the Safe Family Justice Centers. So the Safe Family Justice Centers is a place where children and youth and families can go when they have experienced violence. It's a place where they can go that has all the resources and services they need in one place so that during such a vulnerable time in their life, they're not having to retell their story over and over again. The donations that we receive go to getting people out of dangerous situations and into safety, and then helping them heal from any trauma that they've experienced, and also breaking the cycle of violence so that it doesn't continue to happen. Corona Life Services was established as a nonprofit community health clinic in 1998. We serve over 1,000 clients per year. We provide no-cost medical resources, services, education, support, and lots of love to women and families facing unplanned pregnancies, serving over 1,000 clients each year. If we were awarded the funds, it would allow us to double our capacities um, in order for us to get a second ultrasound room. Did you know that a woman is 80% more likely to keep her child when she sees her child in an ultrasound? And the funds would allow us to get new flooring, new plumbing, new supplies, and just create an environment for women to feel loved and seen when they get to experience and see their babies for the first time. Peppermint Ridge was founded in 1959 with the mission of providing residential and support services to adults who have developmental disabilities. If we were to be gifted this money, right now is the perfect time because Peppermint Ridge is in the middle of a $100,000 match campaign. If we can raise $100,000 by the end of December, an anonymous donor will give us an additional $100,000 and that money will go towards food, transportation, activities, clothes, all the things that one needs to have a quality of life. I'm Christy Perez. I'm the founder and director of Inspire Life Skills Training. So Inspire helps former foster and homeless youth to break the cycle of abuse and poverty by offering safe and stable housing, mentoring, counseling, and other supportive services while they're attending college or vocational school. And so this special offering would go to paying for counseling for our students. Our counseling bills have gone from $600 a month to $2,500 a month. It's a positive problem. We're so happy, but this money will make a big impact on their mental well-being. Change all those lives and more. That's what I'm telling you and even more. And uh, we, we do that. Why? Because God is our provider. Uh, in January, I want to do a series teaching you all the names of God. Not all the names, but names of God so you can pray better and, and experience them more. Because God wants you to know his names. One of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, or Yahweh Jireh. Jireh means provider, that he's our provider. And every time we get anything from God, we're blessed by God. And then, of course, you already know what I'm about to say, that whenever you're blessed by God, you're blessed to be a blessing because of Jehovah Jireh, because he's our Jireh. What we're going to do right now is we're going we're to have that song sung. I want you just to sit where you are and pray. Because you always should pray before you do anything. And I want you to pray about what you would give financially so that we as a church could give 50% of that away. And whatever God puts on your heart, then I'm going to ask you to do that. By the way, you can do it in the moment right now by, by texting GIVE to 77247. You can do that online or here. 
Just text GIVE to 77247. Then you'll be able to make your gift. You can do it on the app. Uh, if you uh, brought a check or cash or whatever, there's offering boxes. But what I want you to do is pray, 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 and ask God to move. And if you're single, then you just do what God said. And, and, and if you're married, you might want to lean over and whisper, here's what God's telling me, what do you think? And then uh, let's, just, let's just pray about it right now. Let these words minister to you. Father, I pray as we uh, think about what you want us to do. I know Pam and I got our amount already. And it was such a joy, Lord, to, uh, to think, wow, that's what you wanted for us. To be a part of this with such a great church family. So I pray right now that you would just uh, remind us of your love. And how that, that young guy, you looked at him, Jesus, and felt such love for him. But he missed out on all of it, as far as we know. I always, in my heart of hearts, hope he came back. But we don't know that he did. But I pray no one here, no one online, no one on the patio would miss out on your love for them. So Lord, stir in our hearts as we hear these words that you love us. And we've never been more loved than we are right now. But that means also we're blessed. Never been more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I've never been more loved than I am right now. Going through a storm. But I won't go down I hear your voice Carried by the rhythm of the wind To call me out You would cross an ocean So I wouldn't drown You've never been closer than you are So clear what it's all about. So stay by my side till the sun goes down. Don't wanna forget how I feel right now. Tyra, you are enough.
so much and I've been listening to it a lot getting ready for this weekend with you and I was driving in my Jeep and I'm just thinking Lord I've never been more loved than I am right now and I just love that's true I love that's real and right now Pam and I have already made our decision we're going to join with you together in giving an extra offering to God at least in our case for this time and I'm going to have you right now get ready to give as the words get sung again, as, as you think about what God's doing, again, you could text it in by texting GIVE to 77247 here or online or on the patio. You could go to our app. You can go to crossroadschurch.family. Uh, or if you think, you know what, I just feel like God wants me to do something right now, and you want it while we're singing, move to one of the offering boxes and then come back. You can. But let's do that together. Father, whatever you stir, whatever you tell us, uh, Lord, there's no small amount. There's no amount that would not be a blessing, Lord, if you're calling for us to do it. So I pray that, Lord, as you spoke to Pam and you spoke to me, and, and it was so clear that I pray that's true for people right now, too, and that we as a church family are going to be a generous family. And I'm hoping, Lord, I'm hoping for something extra special as you move. And Jesus, we pray this wanting to do whatever you tell us to do. In your name, amen. In John 10, 10, Jesus said, there's a thief who's come to kill and steal and destroy, but I have come that you might have a rich and satisfying life. Uh, I want you to know how sad it is to me again that when he looked at that rich young ruler, that's what we call that guy. The one who had it all, but not everything he needed and would lose it all by walking away. He could have had so much more. Today, there's some of you here who, I want you to think about this. Are you ready to have the life that the Lord wants for you? Are you ready to live life with a capital L? Are you ready to know love so that you go, what, I've never been so loved as I am right now. By the way, you don't need to earn Jesus's love. He already loves you more than he could ever love you. You know what? I want to say that again. Jesus couldn't love you more than he does. And there are some of you today, he just wants to pour that love upon you. He wants to show you life. He wants to draw you close. And so he, he is calling out to you. So if you've never given your life to the Lord, if you've never committed to him, or if you have, and you need to recommit, 
You need to say, Lord, take me back. I, I, fire me up. Fill me with that joy of, of what it was like when I first loved you. Then today could be your moment. This could be your time. So whether you're online or you're here in the room or on the patio, right now, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to do two things. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, pray. And I'll lead you in a prayer. We get to pray together where you tell him, I'm ready to commit my life to you completely. It's going to be almost the same prayer that Millard Fuller prayed when he got on his knees and everything changed for the better. I'm going to ask you to pray that prayer. The next thing is you got to make it known. In his case, God stirred. He called his wife, said, I did it. Then they together went to a church and they walked an aisle like we're about to ask you to do. Or they somehow made it known. And if you're online, I'm going to have you text in, amen, to 77247 or go to crossroadschurch.family. But if you're here or on the patio, I'm going to ask and we pray this prayer and stand to sing. If God is moving in your heart, if you're ready to commit to him, I'm going to ask you to make your way to an aisle or to the the stairs. Come down here. You can even come down the center or one of these side aisles. Let us greet you and then head in this room we call the living room. And in there, we want to give you a Bible. In there, we want to give you some things that will help you grow in the Lord. If you text in, we want to give you a free book, which by the way, uh, a woman a couple of weeks ago texted in and she already let us know. She goes, I've never understood God better than I do. And she goes, you guys help me. And so we want to do that with you. But let's pray right now. Father, I want to pray for anybody here right now or online who needs to open their heart to you and commit their life to you. I hope they know, Lord, you're looking at them with love. You feel such love for them. And may they know that love is real and the life is true that you want them to live and experience. So for those who are miserable right now, I pray for someone who's just miserable. They don't need to stay in the misery. I pray they would know the good news of your love and come and experience you. Lord, for somebody who feels defeated, and I think there's somebody who feels very defeated, and they think they can't get it back, But Lord, there's even more coming their way if they would say yes to you. Lord, for someone who's right now just really lonely and and, and the time we've had up till now hasn't helped, but now what they're about to do can make all the difference in this world if they would just say yes to you. So God, I pray you're stirring and moving. I pray they're listening. Right now, if that's you and you're ready to say yes to the Lord, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, whisper those words. I know you love me, and I know you died on the cross for me, and you died for my sins. And I pray you'll forgive me, and I pray you'll cleanse me from all my sin, and I pray you'll heal me from hurt and pain. And I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone that's holding me down or holding me back. But most of all, say most of all, I pray you'll make me yours and I pray you'll make me alive and I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes to you and I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. Wow, praise God, and thank you so much for participating today in that incredible thing that we did in giving away. And also, praise God for any of you who made that decision today to follow Jesus, that's so powerful. 
If you did, please text the word AMEN to 77247. That's just so we can walk you through some next steps. We're not going to bother you or show up at your door. We just want to help you along in this process to make sure you're not doing it alone. So text AMEN to 77247. So good. And if this message resonated with you or you need prayer, make sure to leave a comment in the comments below. We look at every single comment and we just love interacting with you guys online. That's right. If you like this message as well, be sure to hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications so that you never miss any of the content that we post for you in the future. Yes, we have uh, live services every Wednesday at 7 and Sundays at 9, and then we're on demand all the time after that. Please join us next week again to hear stories about how your generosity made a difference. We cannot wait to see you back next week right here at Crossroads. Have a good day and God bless.